welcome to Dear Sparrows Podcast. We are in week seven of our Unveil series, which is exciting and going by fast. Oh my goodness. So thank you for joining with. So last week we talked a lot about um, inner healing. We talked about unpacking a lot of this baggage and a lot of the stuff that we hold on and that we in normal circles don't really want to talk about. But there's there's such a beauty when we are vulnerable and we allow ourselves to to be real. I think especially in Christian circles, we try to refrain so much from being really, how are you? I'm good. And if you say anything else, there's almost this this awkwardness or this tension that arises and, and we get scared. We get sh- scared to show that, that inner self and that, that raw flesh there um, of what's hurting. But when we do allow that, that's when true healing can come in and that's when we can actually have real and authentic and intentional conversations with people. So that's really the heart and intent of chapter seven. It's really a masking depression and anxiety and a few things with abuse. So I uh, start off with, I don't know if you guys ever have seen a never ending tale, but it was a wonderful movie from childhood. Um, I, I watched it about three months ago again, the first time as an adult. And it was great to watch the CGI um, and just how far we've come. But also watching it and just being so nostalgic and reminiscent of of the beauty of it, what of childhood and that imagination and really such a prayer to let the Lord um, once again bring us, you know, bring up in my heart as a little child to have that childlike faith and childlike. Um, wonder, because I think we get so confused with imagination sometimes that that is fantasy and it's not real world, then really I think God made us to be creative and inspired and have that imagination of kind of Ephesians 3.20, you know, extremely, you know, beyond all we could ask for or imagine. So God wants us to go beyond the natural, what we see the realist, the skeptic, beyond the natural order of things, and with him, dream those big dreams and allow our imaginations to become realities. And that's true reality in him. So anyway, that's my little tangent on that. But the quote that I chose to talk about was, um, confronted with their true selves, most men run away screaming. And that's such a true thing. I think people, especially in this day and age, they don't want to really look at the person in the mirror. They don't want to look at that deeper realm of things, or even, um, I think one of the hardest things is admitting and coming forward and saying, Hey, this is something I deal with. And we have gotten into a place in society where mental illness is not so uh, taboo anymore. There was such a time when if you went to a therapist, you were crazy. And now it's kind of coming into more of a light of, it doesn't mean you're crazy. It means you're human and you might need someone to talk to. You might need to work through those things. So today in particular, um, we're talking about depression. So, um, depression is something I have, I personally have dealt with a lot, um, throughout my life. Um, a lot as a child, a lot as an adult. And I'm, it's one of the things that I am not, um, I'm not scared to talk about, or I don't really refrain from talking about. It's not something that I'm proud of. Like, yes, I'm depressed, yay. But there, there's seasons of just deep depression, and you, and I describe it in the book as 
you really feel like you're, you're enjoying this bright and sunny day and dark, heavy rain clouds begin to form. And you, you just ignore them for a while. You think maybe they'll fade away. Maybe they'll just, you know, I'll forget that. And then the thunder begins and then the lightning. And then before you know it, you're soaking wet in the middle of that storm and you don't know how to find your way out. And as the storm rages, you're surrounded by this plethora of doubt and insecurities and false perceptions and confusing thoughts. And you don't know if the light peeking through the clouds is just another lightning bolt ready to strike or if it's God coming. And you can only see those tears through the mesh of the copious downpours. And you, you kind of begin to forget what it was like to be in the sun because you've been in this, this rainstorm for so long. And you're unsure of how long the storm's going to last. And you just sit and you look for that way out, but you just find nothing. And I think that's a lot what depression feels like. And it brings me a lot to the thought of um, Martin Luther. So Martin Luther, his life was so marked by so many incredible things but not many people know the whole story behind his life and, and really how he came into ministry. And he actually was studying to be a lawyer. He was from a very middle-class merchant family in Germany. They weren't poor. They weren't rich. They were middle-class. And he was studying to be a lawyer, even to the point where his parents purchased him, you know, they were paying for his education, this book. And so when this book, it was like the law book was purchased. You have to remember the printing press was still a new thing. Books were insanely expensive. Basically, if you were buying that, there was no way you were going to do anything else but be a lawyer. I, I feel like in a way for modern day, it's like you took the bar and you paid a hundred thousand dollars for a law degree. And at the very last minute, something changes. And what happened was, is in the 1500s, he, he was walking and he was in a lightning storm. And this lightning storm became so ferociously bad that he literally thought he was going to die. And so he, in the storm, he cries out to God as loud as he can. And he asked the Lord, he says, okay, if you save me from this, I promise I will devote the rest of my life to ministry. And whatever God spoke to him, in that storm, um, we are not known, we are not told. My guess is probably only his wife, Kate, ever really knew. Um, whatever he was told, he knew from that moment on that his life would be marked um, with a completely different path. And so even to the point where his father, who had shelled out all this money for the law degree and book, said, well, <laughs> whatever God told you, it must, it better, you know, be worth it. And But Martin Luther knew it was. And if you look in retrospect, I mean, of course, you know, we're in around year 1500 here. He didn't know what was going to happen over the course of the next 20 years and what the Lord was going to do in the rest of his lifetime. But at this point, he, he called out to God. And so where this relates back to depression is that sometimes it's, it's really hard to know how to get out of that storm. And Martin Luther was so stuck in that storm and he cries out to God and the Lord answered him. But then there's also that kind of, well, what, what do you do when there's not that blaring answer in your face? And especially when you can't see what the rest of the trail is going to look like, you don't know what else God's going to do in your life. And that's, that's kind of where we start off here with depression and, and also acknowledging that they're real, that they are present. Just pretending that they're not there is it's like you're soaking wet in the middle of the storm and you're pretending that you're not. You're pretending that you're dry and it's just, it, it's, 
it's there and it's okay to acknowledge that. And kind of go into talking about antidepressants as well. And though I myself have not been on antidepressants ever, um, I do many pe- know many people who have been, and there's nothing wrong with it. I think there's times where that is something um, from a chemical standpoint um, within the human body, the, you know, the neurons and the different things working in your body, they don't produce the amount of chemicals that you need to have um, a happy functioning body. And so that's okay to rely on that if that is needed. Um, and I say that with the asterisk of if it is needed and for the seasons needed. And I think going to the Lord in prayer and saying, how long do you want me on these? Um, in what context, what dose, and allowing that to be a really prayer-led thing is important in that. Um, but another example of, of talking about in the storm and speaking to the storm is I talk about in Luke 8. And it says in Luke 8, One day Jesus said to his disciples, Let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they got in the boat and started out. As they sailed across, Jesus settled down for a nap. But soon a fierce storm came on the lake. The boat was filled with water and they were in real danger. The disciples went and woke him up, shouting, Master, Master, we're going to drown. When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and raging waves. Suddenly the storm stopped, and all was calm. Then he asked them, Where is your faith? The disciples were terrified and amazed. Who is this man, they asked, when he gives a command, even the winds and the waves obey him? So the question comes, what if Jesus doesn't stop the storm? We have two examples where the storm was stifled, Martin Luther, and then again in the story in Luke 8, and that was great, and Jesus spoke to the wind, and he stopped the storm, and he had this new navigation. But what about when that's not the loudest thing you hear? You know, what do you do? And I found it more relevant, uh, more often than not, that it's a reminder of Paul's thorn. Paul speaks of this thorn in 2 Corinthians 12, and he never specifically shares what the thorn was, and I think that's because he didn't want it, he wanted to be a little bit more um, applicable to whatever was for the person reading. Uh, I think that was a context in which if we were told specifically what Paul's thorn was, we would not be able to relate. And Paul, God inspiring Paul, and Paul knowing that that thorn needed to be a little more vague so it could be put together that whomever was reading it could relate. And, and it was really saying, you know, Paul begged. He begged three times. He was like, God, please take the storm. And it wouldn't be taken. And so that's an example of when Jesus doesn't stop the storm. And depression and anxiety can often be like thorns of sorts. And it's ex- very vital that we recognize that we can't tell it to just go away. I've had times where I've been depressed and people will just be like, just be happy. Just smile. Look at the good things in your life. And that's <laughs> okay. Uh, but that doesn't just make it disappear or dissipate. It's, it's hard. And, and we can't control that storm. We, we don't have the power and the capacity to suddenly turn the reins off, to suddenly tell the storm to be quiet. But we can press into the one who can. And we can relate that it's our weakness and that he's stronger in our weakness. And in Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, it promises, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. My yoke upon you and lean from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. So even if it takes casting it upon him and casting it upon him and casting it upon him, leaning into him during depression is honestly our only option for truly getting out of it. And I can say, for as many times as I have been in the darkest depths of depression, the Lord has been so kind 
and he has sustained me. And when I press into him and he brings me through those storms, I come out the other side a stronger and better woman. I come out the other side thankful for such a dark time because it's in that darkness that I actually can really truly see the light. Um, I don't tell this story often, but I think I will on the podcast. Just I'm, I'm kind of on this like kick of being more vulnerable um, in my own life, and I'm trying to encourage other people to be the same because we live in such a plastic world, and I think authenticity is such a rarity and such a needed thing. Um, so on my right wrist, I have um, a semicolon tattoo. And to me, that means that this isn't the end. And when I say that, um, there's a couple things I, I had shared earlier in the podcast series of, of my own illness that I had gone through and how I really should not be here. I should have died, and it was projected that I was going to die. And, and God said, nope, that's, this isn't the end. <laughs> She's got more to do. Um, but also, there have been times in my life where... Um, and this is hard for me to say, but I have really reached that point of um, a crossroads of wondering if I wanted life to continue or not at my own hand, not the hand of doctors, not the hand of illnesses striking me at my own hand. And I got that on my wrist as a reminder and where it is located on my wrist as well is, is where Jesus is holding me. And, um, and I can look at it and remember that he has me. And he cares. And this, this, this storm I'm in, this um, hurt and this pain, even though it seems like it might never end, every storm has a beginning and an ending. And knowing that this isn't the end of the story just because there's a storm and really pressing into him. And as hard and as dark as it's been, and I wish I had some great, you know, just go soak up some vitamin D and everything will get better. That's, that's not real. And as much as I try and be an, you know, idealist and, um, live in that, I have to know that the only real way and the realest thing is, is to press into the Lord and to know that he holds me even when depression is trying to get at me. And I think everybody has a thorn of sorts. Um, mine for the longest time, was depression. I think it continues to be depression at times. Um, eating disorder has been another one and, and different things, but just knowing that the Lord holds all of that and he is the one who can heal and he's the one that can sustain even when that's not taken. Um, so that the book really goes into that a lot more in depth, but that's just kind of a covering on that and talking about it. And I think the other thing that really goes hand in hand, you get the depression in one hand and the other hand you get handed this ball of anxiety and Psalm 139, 23 says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. So David is great. David is one of those people in the Bible. You read these Psalms he's written. And this guy, I love him so much because he makes me feel not insane. <laughs> um, because if you read it one minute, he's like, God, you're awesome. Life is great. I'm excited. I'm throwing parades. I'm doing like weird little jigs and dances in the grocery store. And the next moment he's like, like the llama and the Emperor's New Groove. He's Cusco. And he's like crying and sad in the rain and sad llama. And that's honestly David on like back and forth, back and forth. And I mean, like one Psalm, it's like, life is great. The next one, I'm in Sheol. I'm camped in the banks of hell. And so he goes back and forth on this and you're like, dang, dude, are you okay? 
But then you look at your own life and you're like, dude, that was me this morning from like 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. And and anxiety is real and it is vicious. And anxiety is one of those things where it's like you get a two for one with depression. Like you buy, you know, you get the depression and then anxiety just leeches right on top. Or you get anxious and depression leeches right on top. And it just, they're a hand in hand thing. But it dips from depression and that it's not just a downward melancholic feeling, but it's like little piranhas nipping at you over and over. And it couples well with depression, but both are crippling. Um, and anxiety really fleshed out is the fear that the other shoe is going to drop. The fear of something to come that could be rational or, or irrational, but at the time that the anxiety is being felt, all things seem rational. And 1 Peter 5, 7 shares, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Psalm 55, 22 says, give all of your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. So, okay, great, we've got these words, but how do we put that into action? Well, fishermen are interesting. So when Jesus would speak, we have to look in context of the Bible. So whomever Jesus was speaking to at the time, he would design his um, sermons to match the people he was talking to. And when I say that, I mean, if he was talking to farmers, he would give parables in like seeds and stuff like that. If he was talking to fishermen, he was talking about fish. So in this context, you know, he's saying cast your anxieties, right? And, and the one who, you know, Peter in this is, is talking to fishermen. So Jesus said to Peter, like, I'll make you fishers of men. And so Peter's talking to fishermen in this. And what casting means when you cast a line and you go fishing, you're throwing your line out and you're bringing it back in in hopes that something will happen. Well, for a sustainable meal, for the average person, we'll say one fish is probably not going to be enough. And so in the same way, you have to keep casting it out. And if you cast out a net and you bring it back in, you cast it out again, you bring it back in. And honestly, that's the solution with anxiety. As soon as the littlest, smallest, anxious seed starts to bud up, and this is very important, that before it becomes this giant snowball, this little itty-bitty piece of anxiety, we cast it on the Lord. We say, Lord, I give this to you. In Jesus' name, I give this to you. And we take that authority over the fear because we do have, in, we can't control anything, but we can control ourselves. And we say, Lord, I give this anxiety to you right now, and I'm going to give it to you. And I, this is what I do. I say, Lord, I want your truth, and I want your blood all over this. I don't want anything but your truth to be poured out and fleshed out over top of this. Take this anxious thought whether it is to happen or it is not to happen, I give this to you. I leave it at the throne for you to handle. And that is hard because by nature, I'm kind of a jumpy, anxious person. I think about conversations I had where I said something stupid all day long. I don't think I can have a single conversation without me thinking for hours, did that sound dumb? And I think a lot of that's just, you know, hashtag awkward, but there's still that anxiety piece of it. But when you give that to the Lord and you say, Lord, I can't handle this. So I'm going to give it to you. And even if it's something small, give it to the Lord, let him wash it, let him handle it. And honestly, it has to be a daily occurrence at times. So Exodus 16 talks a lot about manna. So if you're not familiar, so there was a time in which Moses was leading the people of Israel through the desert. And this was for like 40 years. And so they needed food. And so every day, so God, God had this cloud covering them. 
And so every day this cloud would rain down this bread-like substance called manna. And apparently it tasted kind of like a milk-honey bread hybrid. It sounds really good. My guess is it was kind of like a cinnamon roll thing. That's just me, because why not? Um, so it would pour down. And so it would pour down daily. But God would make sure that they would only have enough that they needed for that day. They couldn't, the only day they could collect extra would be Saturdays for the Sunday to have the Sabbath to have enough. But any other day, if you tried to store the extra manna, it would like really get nasty right away. There would be no time in which like you couldn't stockpile it. And in the same way, that's us casting our anxieties on God. So every day we have to give that to him and get from him his peace and get from him his peace, and get from him his peace. And so just like manna, we have to take it daily. And that comes from prayer, going to the Lord in prayer every day. And that's not to say that every single day needs to be marked with all this crippling anxiety. But when there is a time of a lot of anxious things going on, or hard, real things going on that are real possibilities, continuously casting out our nets, continuously asking Lord, for the manna of peace to come on our lives every day is going to be what makes the difference. And so, um, I mean, that's, that's power. And that's, that's how you don't just get through it. You learn through it and you get stronger through it. And you're not just muddling through life. Like, okay, let me just get through this and then I'll be okay. The Lord's making you stronger through it. And we're having more of a time of pressing into him, learning more about him, and being sustained by the Lord. It's that daily manna. Um, so the next thing I'm going to talk about is just there's a there's a few things with abuse that I talk about throughout the book, um, kind of going into emotional abuse, and I won't go too in depth about that um, because I again I and this is not just a plug like go buy the book, but I think there's things that are more powerfully said in the book and writing than there are on just a podcast, um, and a half hour, but there's, there's a lot that I, I go through in that, um, to talk about when, you know, you have to know when something is too far. It's not just casting it every day. And when someone else is invoking, um, this abuse upon you and just taking it. And I work with youth, um, a lot. So I, I'm a small group leader for high school girls, and we were actually talking about yesterday um, about how God wants us to be kind and meek, but not doormats. And when I say that, you know, turn the other cheek, but that's not so you can just get slapped back and forth and back and forth. It's when is when is enough to say when, and it's you know forgiving but guarding your heart. And that's a big thing God talks about is guarding your heart and knowing when to you know, pull yourself out of a, a situation. So the book kind of goes into that and talks about healing and therapy um, and different things about that. And then the, the last part of the book is um, something I will not talk about on the podcast uh, for personal reasons. Um, that is not to say that I um, will not talk about in certain circles. It's just that is a place that the Lord and I have, um, that the Lord has asked me to write about, but I don't feel that he has asked me to share about it on the podcast. And that's just, um, the sexual abuse stuff, um, that happened to me when I was a teenager, but I go through it in, um, the book and it's a very, probably the most vulnerable thing I've ever written. I sobbed through writing it. Um, 
but it's very honest. And, and I think it's worth reading if you have the book or if you have access to the book um, on Kindle or Amazon. But this chapter really is to go more into a depth of looking at, okay, these things, anxiety, depression, abuse, they are real and they exist. And how do we appropriately handle them? And how do we give them to the Lord so that we can walk forward and walk into this abundance and live in freedom, live in um, joy, and live in just that wonderful light of strength and really grow to become warriors. And that doesn't mean you're like a Spartan and you've got like these jacked up like insane like muscles and stuff but but as a prayer warrior and as a warrior in the Lord and and you become a stronger and the best version of yourself and the Lord wants to take you there but allowing him to and and that means being vulnerable and and so the last thing I'm gonna encourage today is just be vulnerable with your friends you know come together and after this unveiled series we're gonna have a um, podcast on community but really what does it look like to build a team and come together and say, this is an issue I'm dealing with. And I'm telling you guys about this because I want to be vulnerable, but I'm hoping that you will respond to this in love and accountability and help me with it and prayer through it. And, you know, I think there's, I don't think there's anything more beautiful in a community than when someone's going through something or a challenge or a decision. And there's a group of people that rally around that person or people concerning it and they intercede and they go and stand in the gap on their behalf. I think that it's something so powerful and so beautiful and God ordained in that. So I really encourage you guys to pray about that. Um, if anxiety or depression is something that you deal with as well, know that there is hope that there is um, a promise of the Lord to sustain, to heal, and to not just help you get through and muddle through, but to actually come out the other side and be able to help others and say, the Lord saved me and the Lord helped me. I remember when it was in 2014, um, when I had really hit the worst part, um, of depression and it was so dark and I just, I sat and I told the Lord, I keep trying to do things my way and I end up aching and in pain. And so I'm going to give you a chance. I'm going to hand this to you. So what do you want me to do? And from that moment on, life got a lot weirder, (laughs) but in the best way. And the Lord really took me under his wing. And I found such a refuge there. And I still do. And the Lord built me and trained me and grew me and closer to him. And I came into such a um, more vivid and vibrant form of life, even through the midst of a lot of depression and hurt and pain. And I learned what it really meant to let the Lord be your strength. And so I just want to encourage anybody listening or reading the book that that is possible, that this isn't the end of your story, and that the Lord has such a beautiful story to continuously write in your life. Father God, we thank you for today. We thank you for um, just the listeners on this podcast weekly. I thank you that... Um, You are so ever-present in our lives. I pray, Father, for each person who um, has come to take part in this day, that they will just continuously lean and press into you, knowing that you are there to sustain, to love, to help them to grow, to be better and stronger people, and to become the people that you destined them to be. In your name we pray. Amen. 
thank you for listening. Um, again, check out the book. It's on Amazon, uh, available on Kindle. It's Unveiled by Callie Logan. And stay tuned. There's going to be some speaking engagements if you're in the Virginia area um, coming up, which would be kind of rad. Um, please check out um, the uh, Instagram page and different stuff. Give me feedback on anything. Always looking for good stuff on there. And have a great week. God bless. <laughs>